Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. the end of year roundup <laughs> yeah a chance for us to recap all the terrible things that happened <laughs> in the world of fashion as best as we can yeah but before we jump in how are you yeah not bad um yeah I picked up my paint before oh, we started recording yeah. for this for this thing um I we also received this morning um a parcel I think it's from Mr Big's mum but they're these like cushions and they're they're, like linen cushions yeah and inside is like wood not wood chip but like shavings yeah you put like oil in it and it smells really nice but it's got um it smells like pine and like cranberries in these pillows very Christmassy Mm, mm, really good so yeah I'm sat next to these pillows for the calming effects for the aroma yeah the aroma mm. what about you yeah yes well um <laughs> okay I, I understand I get that. um yeah um we're not going to touch on on the big c um no. but yeah I'm currently sat M- Mim's got the best view ever of me with my curls and pins yeah um looking like someone off of like I think there's a character of Corrie who was like was she a cleaning lady or something like that I feel like I mean you look like a woman in the 1930s whose husband's gone off to the wall quite frankly and I'm just doing my housework before I have to look decent for someone okay the look I'm going for okay Uh, (laughs) um but yeah so this is obviously our first end of year but Mm. we've we've decided on this format of recapping the top 10 fashion moments of 2020 um and seeing where that takes us we're gonna do five each some of mm-hmm. them might be the same we gonna see who knows we don't know yeah and it's quite crazy how this correlates with like exactly going over the six month mark really yeah yeah mm. Happy birthday to us. Happy half birthday to us. I know. (laughs) Great. Um, Okay, so do you want to kick us off? Well, yeah, like overall, let's let's give high level comments on the 2020 year in fashion. What are you taking away from all the things that have happened? What, how would you describe this year in fashion? I I mean we didn't get much like much of a chance to look at red carpet moments and things like that Mm, but I think there was quite 
quite a lot of like bold fashion choices made on the early red carpets before obviously Mm. the pandemic Mm -hmm. um so I think this year would have been filled with way more like bold fashion moments and stuff like that we've seen obviously some quite like fashion forward thinking when it comes to shows and we've seen us all retreat into our athleisure so Mm. (laughs) that's that's my little um snapshot yeah about you um I feel like it was a time where we we had no idea what was ahead Mm -hmm. um we didn't know how to respond we didn't know what to expect in terms of fashion and a lot of talk about like how how are these fashion companies going to rise to the occasion Mm. in a whole myriad of ways um and yeah I think also a lot of we've seen a lot of one of the points that I'm going to raise but we've seen a lot of like reshuffling a lot of changing of the guards this year as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just um, no one really has a handle on anything. But um, That's life, yeah, eh? <laughs> that is life, yeah. Not a, not a bad thing inherently. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's definitely been uh, a year of anything really goes. Yep. Nice. Also, I thought, um, sorry to cut you off, I have a list of some of the most Googled terms in fashion this year. So we'll do it at the end. Yeah, that's cool. I saw the Times has done um, a quiz on like 2020, a fashion quiz. A quiz, really? Yeah. Oh, you're going to have to send um, that to me. Well, the Times you have to subscribe to. Um. (laughs) Um, but anyway shall I kick us off or do you want to go no you go okay so I'm sort of going to start somewhat chronologically um and that is with a look from the Grammys that once upon a time before a pandemic we had the Grammys in January and Billie Eilish wore a face mask as part of her outfit before face masks became mandatory. And I feel like it's a really weird, like, premonition. Like, this look. Oh, I remember this look. But I don't remember, like, thinking about the face mask at all. Yeah, because it it was like, it was just a, like, oh, it's a Billie Eilish thing to do. It was just, like, some kind of fashion statement. Yeah, this must have been in February. No, it was in, like, end of January. Okay, so it it wasn't COVID wasn't becoming a problem in this country yeah. or in America at that yeah. point or in Europe really yeah and it was sort of it wasn't widely known so it wasn't like it was some preempted thing so this mm. outfit is Gucci she's head to her toe Gucci and basically it has a neon green accent that matches the roots of her hair and then the rest yeah. is all black and this is just like up some pimped out. Gucci outfit and she's yeah. wearing some sort of like 90s dark glasses and then she's got this mesh all like embroidered Gucci face mask on and that was mm. just her look mm-hmm. and I'm like how weird I know. that that was a fashion accessory and right now, before everything blew up yeah I can't and also, weird. I like I like that she is like doing different things on the red carpet. I know mm-hmm. she's making a statement about like not sexualizing women's bodies if they're slightly curvier and blah, 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 blah. But 
I dig it. Mm, yeah, same. Mine is, mine's, none of mine are in chronological order. Oh, that was just more because yeah. I had a red carpet moment for God knows how long. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, 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 this one's a bit off, but I even forgot that this became a thing um really small but tiktok launch not not tiktok sorry (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna say something about tiktok on instagram launched in app shopping which is a pretty big deal Mm. you know like to just be buying stuff off instagram is weird and i i think the reason why i never really clocked onto it is because i almost felt like you could do that before it was actually possible yeah I guess they've just taken the fact that a sponsored link or if somebody an influencer you're following gives you a swipe up it's still all inside the app so Mm. I guess it gives a hub of that but what it's basically doing is it's trying it's like slowly but surely becoming WeChat yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and I think you can check out in the app as well and mm. people are establishing actual stores within yeah Instagram, opposed to just tagging product um so that's massive and yeah they mm. are trying to become a WeChat um probably integrate like WhatsApp in there at some mm-hmm. point probably um and then yeah also TikTok has kind of blown up. This is the same point. It's to do with like fashion and social media. TikTok has obviously blown up more so like in the West this year, like Mm -hmm. crazy, because what else are we going to do? And also we need a bit of a laugh every so often. Yeah. Um, And like Charlie D'Amelio that, you know, is she a teenager? She's that massive TikTok star and now on YouTube. Yeah, I don't follow them. And her and her sister <laughs> at all. Oh, I, I saw like there was massive. like a scandal about them. That's all I know. Yeah, they're supposed to be massive. As far as I know, they make a killing. Anyway, they she was invited to Prada's autumn winter presentation. <gasps> yeah. And so it's kind of, we're seeing this like more so people coming from Instagram, TikTok social media stars, probably YouTubers and stuff, more and more mm. be invited to um, what is normally recognised as like prestigious events culturally. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I think it was last year, was the first year I sort of acknowledged or was aware that any YouTubers or social media stars were invited to the Met Gala. And I think that obviously yeah. would have been continuing on this year so like James Charles was there yeah so basically and, him and someone else the year is after, it Liza was it Liza I think, I think it was might she be. did a thing with Vogue they get invited by the director of fashion at Instagram mm. so he gets like a couple of yeah. invites and he extends them to like the biggest stars on the platform basically but I think had there have been a Met Gala this year, that number would have been higher. And especially like if there is one even <laughs> next year, um, mm. <laughs> like there, it will probably be like TikTok stars because mm. um, TikTok's a huge platform. It launches people so quickly and easily. Like yeah. it's just uh-huh. insane. But yeah, it's definitely integrated into the fashion world 
because fashion's constantly having to respond to mm-hmm. like the latest social media happenings and craze yeah 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 for sure do you remember the time where um some people were like oh my god kim kardashian on the cover of Vogue. yeah <laughs> or even when she got invited to like fashion shows like she mm. wasn't taken serious in fashion for so long she was a reality tv star and now there's these kids who have only ever worn like zara or forever 21 mm-hmm. suddenly get like <laughs> famous overnight and dressed by somebody and they yep. there's less of a question about it i guess mm-hmm. it's really more about like the numbers if you have a big following or not that's you know yeah okay right number three one of the biggest things that we have seen um is people are supporting local and it's been this huge movement and I actually think it's probably one of the positives to come out of the situation the world's been in this year Mm -hmm. um I'll do anything not to mention the word Um, (laughs) (laughs) it'd just be really nice be really nice to have an episode where we don't mention the word yeah yeah yeah. but yeah uh, we've People have been shopping local. People have been trying to support more independent brands. And don't get me wrong, we still love the big designers. Mm. But I I do think there's been a huge shift in, like, mainly for clothes. I've noticed it more, but correct me if you've seen it with accessories. I think accessories, Mm -hmm. it will always still be, like, you want that logo that everyone knows. But for clothing, people are really trying to support smaller brands mm-hmm. it's been like all over instagram at like different points and especially around christmas i've seen a lot of people and anytime there's been um a lockdown mm-hmm. or kind of any restriction like that it's the urge to please don't use amazon if you can avoid it please don't like mm-hmm, do mm-hmm. this if you can avoid it and i think that's such a great platform for these mm-hmm. more independent companies and I'm I hope it continues a hundred percent yeah and I think that it's been very sorry I got notification <laughs> <laughs> uh and you know it was actually a business of fashion um one. Oh well yeah. um okay what was gonna say yeah it's been really grassroots um, you know, I've seen a lot of talk about shopping local, um, as you're saying, with clothing. I think accessories as well. I think um, there's lots of independent jewellers and people who are at least deciding they want to start their own thing. I think now we're seeing adverts of like, Google had an advert where it was like, support your local and leave a review on Google reviews, you know. Um, I think Barclays yeah, had like an ad. The Anthony Joshua advert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the like the Barclays one that's like, shop small. I mean, I think like American Express and things like that. And they're all encouraging us to buy from somewhere near. I mean, like if you go on Etsy and, you know, you can see who's selling the item. And at the, like near the bottom, when you scroll down, it says, oh, this store is local to you, i.e. Mm. it's within the UK and it's a small business, Um, you know, shop small and shop local. And so people are um, picking up on this trend and making it 
easier for us to support smaller designers i mean i've seen on on social media people creating accounts where it's like um either small businesses directories where it's like Mm. they will post like lots of different brands that are small or like black owned and things like that so people are kind of coming together and making their own quote-unquote yellow pages for small businesses out there it's really good Mm. it's great my next one is there's been quite a few changes to like creative directors and stuff this year. Mm. So we've had Claire White Geller who left Givenchy. We had Raf Simmons has joined Amuchia Prada at Prada. We had Kim Jones decided he wanted to take on a second job <laughs> at Fendi <laughs> as um, artistic director for like the women's collections. And also Gabriella Hurst is heading up Chloe. So a lot of moving around. I mean, someone's getting a job this year. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I wonder if it's almost like I guess some of those things would have been brewing anyway. But I wonder as well if it's if it's quite a good year to make some changes. And mm. I mean, unfortunately, yes. Like the like fashion has been affected there will be people shopping less at these luxury brands like every business is experiencing so I kind of also think there's probably less pressure Mm. like to perform because the numbers the numbers aren't going to be great regardless yeah you can chalk it up to the big c Mm. yeah this is the time to kind of make maybe take some risks maybe try that like new designer and Mm. go for it um and hopefully we're going to see some really really great shows in 2021 yeah with these new people at the helm (laughs) yeah yeah i am looking forward to the new Fendi because obviously yeah. Carl um, was a big part of it and also Sylvia. Um, so I'm really looking forward to Kim Jones. I think Kim um, Jones has got the right playfulness as well for Fendi. Yeah. I mean, look what uh, he's doing at Dior. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Uh, and I think Raph Simmons, it would be nice to see how far he can push the Prada boat out. Yeah. I'm excited to see what he does there. I I think the last show he was maybe a part of, but like it wasn't, he hadn't been there long or whatever it is. Like I'm, I want him to get stuck mm-hmm. in. I really want to see what he can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. Well, that leads me into other things that have been happening with designers and we're not going to use the word, but fashion designers have really rallied around the situation this year. We have seen the likes of LVMH Mm -hmm. make their perfume factories, create hand sanitizer. We've seen, and they also did the same and transformed their factories to make PPE for France. Mm -hmm. We saw Burberry do the same. I think Chanel was doing it. Mm -hmm. That has been a kind of a globe, not a global, maybe not, but a huge initiative that a lot of designers have taken on. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like fantastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I think that it just has really, really helped. It helped create PPE quicker than I think it could have been done mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. or at least help alleviate the the demand for it yeah 
And mm. like, I just, I think that's a really great cause, not only of other brands for sure suffering, but to kind mm. of close their production down mm-hmm. the, to do that. I think for the cause is, is really cool. And we've, we talked in our Burberry episode about Burberry reacting to sort of social, the social climate, especially of the UK mm-hmm. um, and basically like taking initiatives with that. But I think it's, like fashion is political fashion Mm. is responsive to the world Mm -hmm. and like I wonder if we'll we'll see kind of more initiatives or more sort of charity collaborations or something like that because I think it really suits it really suits the industry yeah yeah for sure definitely um like we were talking about in our Burberry episode how they've extended to um, supporting children who live in poverty and have suffered from food poverty, especially. I think it's a really good idea. And it actually reminds me of a year or two ago when the Notre Dame was burning and then LVMH threw what I thought was an absolutely ridiculous amount of money at a building. Um, and we were all like, uh, like, really? It was like billions. I swear. It was like, an insane amount of money so to see them actually um put do it for humanity because i guess some of the philanthropy the backlash of that was well in france there's x amount of people who are homeless or what like Mm. and also like we've had rainforests burning we've had Mm. all sorts of causes and don't get me wrong notre dame is a beautiful building and it'd be a really big shame if it could never be afforded to be restored Mm -hmm. but I wonder if then those sorts of donations should be done in silence. <laughs> yeah, I think I can, yeah, I understand how much of a cultural significance the Notre Dame Cathedral is. However, I think that putting money towards things like PPE, things towards the um, forest fires in the Amazon yeah. in Australia for humanity and for animals and the environment is a much better use of money. So, yeah hats so it them. was good to see them step up yeah for that because that then might have been a real yeah I think I think it would have been a point of contention people would be like well you did this yeah like <laughs> a couple of years ago but yeah um my next point is something I haven't seen but there has been a lot of talk about it this year um and that's Emily in Paris the oh, I've seen it. I've Have you seen, seen it. it? Okay, good. Um, Have you seen the Instagram account? Oh, hang no. on. Let me let me find her. There is this. If I, okay, I might. I'm not going to find her now because I don't. Because want I've seen on here. But basically, this girl uh-huh. on Instagram will tag her on our Instagram. She took it upon herself to basically like discuss all of her outfits, mm-hmm. like rate them out of 10 and sort of discuss them. And when I say some of those outfits were just embarrassing, like bad. they weren't even fashion. Some of them were such a cliche, like Lily James is a, is a beautiful girl and she's mm. really slim. So she can make quite a lot look good, but like, yeah, the, yeah. the clothes were trash. Uh, so yeah so for those of you who don't know what Emily in Paris is if you've been asleep for the past like four months or something (laughs) but it's a drama drama 
I don't know, series. It's a Netflix original. Um, and it's about this girl who she's American, like typical American girl who's like an advertising or marketing exec. Mm. And she moves to Paris to follow in pursuit of this like job. Right. Yeah. So she's like typical cliche story of American in Paris and how it's like a cultural clash. Um, she is like, first off, Patricia Fields, like legendary, like kind of stylist who did um, Sex in the City wardrobe. Yeah. This series, Emily in Paris, was supposed to be touted as like this fashion centric yeah. series. So it was all about the clothes. Don't get me wrong though, other characters are actually dressed so much better than her. Okay, so this is the thing. <laughs> like, that's yeah. this, like, for all almost. It's like, there's another character, I can't think of her name right now, she's a blonde girl in it. And her style, she's French, and she's got this French Parisian chic style. Mm. And I don't know if, like, Patricia's basically tried to dress... I, I think I called her Lily James. Did I call her Lily James? No, Lily James is the... Uh, yeah, no, no, I know. She's it's Lily Collins. Lily Collins, yes. Yeah. yes I don't yes. know if I said Lily James, so, so correction it is obviously Lily Collins. Yeah. Um, but they dress her... I don't know if they're trying to make her look like an eyesore or like an American in Paris. So a girl dressing how she thinks she's meant to dress for Paris. That could very well be it because she is... <sighs> But don't, is, like, don't get me wrong, the clothes, there are some Sex in the City outfits that are shocking. Yeah, yeah, there are. Sex, <laughs> the, the sex in the City, I think, is done in a, in a far more logical, cohesive yeah. way. Yeah. This one is like, okay, so Emily, she's not even like CEO or VP or anything, but she has a new Chanel bag in every scene. The clothes put together is horrendous. It's almost like what a fashionista would have worn in the 2010s. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like the way it's put together and this kind of the idea of being fashion forward and kitsch mm. and funky is the way they've done it is outdated almost in my opinion from the looks that I've seen. And it's like, how can she afford all of this? So maybe she has she's, a lot of like... She's living in one of like, I can't think what they're called. There's a name for the house. Arrondissement. The oh, flat no, the... at the top. So there's oh, like, yeah. she's living in the top flat of like, a block a parisian block and that used to be kind of like the i guess the servant quarter or like mm-hmm. where the help lives so she's in this tiny teeny box of a flat because mm-hmm. if anyone's been in them they'll know how small these flats when are. i say i think calling it a studio for that yeah. would be too yeah. much of a compliment because <laughs> you literally you don't have a kitchen sink your bathroom sink is the sink you have literally like a toilet a shower and maybe a stove or a hot plate kind of a situation mm-hmm. and a bed all in the same room. Like, your living so, room is your bedroom. Yeah. And, yeah. So, um, so how she, and like you said, so the, 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 um, the plot of the whole thing and the reason why Emily goes to Paris is that her boss was meant to be going to Paris. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so her boss finds out, I think that she's pregnant or something like that. And she can't then go to Paris. Mm-hmm. So it gets sprung on this more junior member of staff. But like you said, how this girl affords that wardrobe is like beyond me. And I do think, and like, I know this is like really boring to say, 
But I do think you need to like work within what's realistic for someone in that kind of a job to 100%, have. It's yeah. so harmful at the moment. There are young girls in school who see their favorite influencer with all these handbags. Mm. It is so harmful to watch a film and see, or like a TV show and see someone who's like in a very like okay job mm-hmm. with all this stuff. You see, the Devil Wears Prada does this in a much better way like, yeah and even sex in the city like sarah mm. jessica parker's like the reason she could afford those shoes is that she barely eats or like i don't know she like she makes yeah, the yeah, kind yeah. of thing of it yeah and also sarah jessica parker her character carrie is in those sorts of social circles where she's mm. probably making a good amount of money anyway mm. and um but yeah also i think back to the point where you were saying lily's character is probably dressed almost badly, perhaps, because she's supposed to be this clueless American buying into all these, like, (laughs) I can see your face, Uh, like, (laughs) these trends and putting everything together all at once. Mm. And I love a print clash. I do, but I think there's a way to do it. And from what I've seen, it just doesn't... Like, Le Bouton's on French cobbled streets. Um... And she's supposed to be living this fast-paced life. I just don't know how yeah. any of this makes sense. Yeah. yeah, Emily in Paris. I need to watch it. But I think after all these bad reviews that I saw, I was just like, it looks trash. It's it's not a great show. And I'm not. that's not me dragging it. But it's one of those shows that, like, you know what? That's really nice and easy to watch. Like, mm, okay. it, it, if you know what you're getting, which is just, like, a kind of mid-level sort of drama slash rom-com type of series you won't be disappointed (laughs) it's a sort of sometimes you need those shows in your back pocket for when like you're sitting there like i don't know exactly your hair (laughs) exactly um yeah you you'll have to watch it in your in the new year and give us um an update we could do an episode <laughs> breakdown of Emily in Paris. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So my next topic is the fashion legends we lost this year. I know that's like oh, a little sad one, yeah. but... You know what? Um, okay, sorry. That notification that I got earlier from the business of fashion was about... someone else dying. <laughs> yeah. So model Stella Tennant dies at 50. Oh. And I'm not sure who she is. I need to check. <gasps> hold on i'm gonna put my phone up to the camera so you can see do you remember i think so she's been in a lot of stuff <laughs> oh my god okay please please go ahead <laughs> while i you know. while you mourn the loss of stella um mm-hmm. so we've lost indian fashion designer Wend- wendell rodericks mm-hmm. we've lost japanese designer and founder of kenzo kenzo takada mm-hmm. i'm butchering these names no no you're doing so, well you're doing well um, i support you <laughs> and the italian footwear designer sergio rossi oh I my mean, god i didn't know that yeah so it's been some big names some big sort of brand owners passing away and ironically but obviously not those aren't the shoes that have been filled this year um (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, 
but yeah, so it's been a shame. And I, I think mm-hmm. we discussed it before when I think it was one of our fashion stories. But Kenzo Takada dying is basically kind of like he was one of the last sort of, one of the last, like... End of an era yeah. type. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, that's a bit of a, it's a bit of a sad one, really. But, hey, these brands have established themselves enough to still be going. So that, mm-hmm. that, that's got to be like such a positive. Imagine creating a brand that upon your demise and your mm-hmm. death, mm-hmm. it continues. Yeah. Yeah, that's really true. We interrupt this broadcast to remind you, go follow us on Instagram, starloversubstancepod. Shoot us an email, starloversubstancepeak at gmail.com. Find us on YouTube. Find us on Twitter. We've got all the links on our Instagram. You know what to do. Oh, well, <laughs> um, the next one. What number are we on at the moment? I think this will be number eight. Okay, I'm going to try and make it good. Because I've got only one more. Okay, that's fine, because then number 10 will be my list of terms that Google... There you go. <laughs> we've all been Googling. Okay, <laughs> great. Um, we would be remiss if we weren't <gasps> going to talk about the whole impact of Black Lives Matter's protest and how mm-hmm. it's impacted on fashion in particular. We've seen... Brands being called called out, being held accountable, being challenged, people leaving their jobs, yeah, um, new people being appointed, um, pledges and kind of uh, new communities burgeon because of like a summer of hot protesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it, it's not a secret to know that the fashion industry traditionally and still is dominated by someone of a certain background with a certain coming from a certain family with wealth, uh, with privilege, with access. And, you know, although there are lots of people who want to join the industry and be a part of it, um, just outright racism and kind of favoritism as well, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, this is very the, the kind of a parallel of some a campaign that Lewis Hamilton's working on with Formula One and mm-hmm. his driving is it's it's a similar thing on a slightly larger scale that um Formula One racing like fashion, you need to kind of have some form of financial support to get into it. Yeah. The industry is trying to change in fashion, but you I was expected to intern for free. And Mm. the only way I could do that, A, is my parents live near London. So some Mm -hmm, of my mm -hmm. friends had to move and rent in London Mm -hmm. and then have a weekend job to pay for that rent. So like the only way I was able to do it was that my travel was covered and I still had a student grant during that time because it was a year in industry. But like people also aren't that fortunate. 
Like they just aren't. And Mm. some people can't afford to work for free because they've had to move to a city Mm. and they've got to like yeah there are barriers there are barriers there yeah. that stops people from entering certain um uh industries and also, i think it's one of those things where unfortunately as well how many black designers at the top leagues can you name mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like it's it's not something that we see and that that's a problem i mean virgil abloh only a yeah. couple years ago was a massive deal because like, it was like LV, the jewel in LVMH's crown, mm-hmm. the men's division to be, you know, creatively directed by a black person was like, yeah. And I think also like it's really important. I don't know the guy's name. You know, I'm terrible with names. Your name, Edwin Edenfell, that got basically the guy who's the new um, entry chief at Vogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vogue, and he gets stopped at the door. And it's basically made to feel like some form of the thug that's breaking into the building. Mm-hmm. But actually, he's the newly appointed editor-in-chief of the magazine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that's not good enough. There needs to be a representation that is somewhat starting, but it's the case of everything. People and young children need to see themselves represented mm-hmm. so that they know that they can get to those heights and achieve that. Oh, but also um, quickly on still the Black Lives Matter, a very similar thing, like you said, with the local businesses. Mm-hmm. I have seen influencers stand to attention and they have started ensuring that if, you know how like influencers will do the whole thing of, oh, these are, these are people that I really like following at the moment. Mm-hmm, They're making mm-hmm. sure that that is like, has a fair, like a fair amount of diversity mm-hmm, or that they like mm-hmm. every now and then make sure that if they don't feel like there's enough diversity going on on their page, mm-hmm. that they like flag that and say, these are some black influencers <laughs> that I think you need to know about. For some people, they might hear that and be like, well, why do certain influencers have to call like, you know, bring attention um, to certain other black Because we need to level the playing field. Yeah. And you have to think about in this sense that two influencers could be at a similar, similar level and a brand will approach both of them. And, you know, we've heard cases of like big YouTubers or fashion stylists, bloggers, whatever, are being offered either no pay or very little for certain contracts, whilst we see other um, big bloggers and stylists and whatever out there are being offered million-dollar deals for Mm. their association with certain brands. Um, Yeah, and, like, being invited to all these events and all that stuff. And so they get more and more access and exposure to these big gigs as a Mm. result of it. Yeah, it's important. Yeah. Um, On to what I think is also a somewhat important thing was Harry Styles graced the cover of Vogue in a dress and people lost their shit. Everyone lost their shit. Oh my God, yes. And I remember I saw someone's reaction and this is like what kind of like is the perfect explanation of how I feel about Harry Styles in a dress. Women dress very like um androgynous Mm -hmm. and women want to wear a tuxedo and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and no one says anything Mm -hmm. like kilts and all of this stuff is actually a heritage for men to wear regardless yeah also 
ding dong, it's 2020. Mm. And he's doing that to make a difference in other people's lives. And like, but also, that's not the first time we've seen a man in a dress. Thank you. That was my point. Like, <laughs> Harry Styles Ru- is not dr- the... RuPaul's Drag Race has surely got to be one of the most popular TV shows yeah. in the world these days. And in terms of TV, such a cultural icon. Do you mm. know what I mean? In terms of gender We all know and... he's a flowery dresser. Mm. like he likes to push the boat out with fashion he likes to redefine what a man should wear and that doesn't Mm. mean that you have to put him in a box or whatever but like it's just a dress it's vogue i know the shit that people wear in vogue the like nonsense stuff like that gets put in Mm. those like broadsheets yeah i mean yeah we haven't mentioned it on here yet so i thought we needed to discuss the fact that it's just a man in a dress and it's not just that it was like harry styles is like oh my god look at what harry styles is doing for the culture and it's like do you know how many like really fashion forward people think they were doing in the 80s and the 90s and they were like some of the first to kind of really push the boat out when this was unheard of Mm. um we've seen men in dresses on, I mean, we've seen Billy Porter in a half tux, half bald, like ball gown yeah. <laughs> on the yeah. red carpet, um, custom made. Um, I think it's just really intriguing. It's just because he has this massive following um, and it's like, it's, you know, he can't do any wrong. Mm. Uh, if he does something, it like, it's just, it's so talked about and so popular. Um, yeah, I don't think it was a massive deal but no. it was a massive deal for some yeah. reason <laughs> yeah well Ugh. Yeah. You know. um yeah my last one is if i can find my notes one sec oh yeah okay so as kind of mentioned before we've seen a lot of reshuffling especially at Condé Nast and my last point is that at the end of the year Anna Wintour has been promoted to queen of everything at Vogue (laughs) (laughs) official title (laughs) yeah and congratulations to Edward Enenfeld for then again getting another promotion so Mm -hmm. I believe he's going to be heading up all the titles in Europe for Vogue he's going to be like the European editor um, I don't know exactly. I can't remember what He's, the exact title is. I bet he'll is. never sleep. Oh, God, no. But what we've seen is that they are letting go of some of, like, the editors for individual Vogue publications mm. and are trying to merge it into one big operation. Um, will that be good for the diverse sort of coverage, fashion coverage, spotlight across different countries or will it all become like americanized you know everything in the magazine is going to be american stars with american fashion and stuff like that i don't know it's yet to be determined but i think it's amazing that edward's been really recognized for all that he's done in the past what year or two years i think he's been at vogue and it's a really big deal to be yeah, yeah. no i i mean I think that's a great thing. 
I wonder if I hope they will have whether it's called an editor in chief, but I hope they have someone who is quite significantly involved with ensuring that Vergitalia is still true to Italy and mm. is, you know, using Italian photographers and like, you know, embracing the culture likewise for all other European editions. Mm-hmm. But it is, it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. And I wonder if this is a very like strategic thing for Vogue. I wonder if it's a financial thing for Vogue. Oh, I think it's financial. Yeah. But I I wonder if it's something they've been meaning to do for years. And I don't know. It'd be interesting to see sort of if the covers, like you said, are diverse. If we saw every month, like the covers, if you can tell the same sort of brain is behind them all. Mm-hmm. yeah I think only time will tell um and but I don't I, honestly I don't know how Anna Wintour can get any more jobs they just keep making up roles for her <laughs> that's how I feel it's like a make-believe promotion really isn't it yeah I didn't think she could get higher so neither did I it's like it's one of the maybe kids, like married to the maybe they have to do it to justify like a pay increase or something like that yeah <laughs> but yeah, you know what I don't know. go on Anna you somehow you're a fashion editor of like arguably the world's biggest magazine but you've had the same hair cut and glasses oh sunglasses for the last however long I'm not mad at the haircut but the oh glasses- it suits her the glasses, they're not nice. I don't even know if they're branded. Mate, I don't... I can't... They might be like something listen, on could the side. They could be Amazon Basic. And, <laughs> and none of us would know any better. But I just... I've always found that sort of like somewhat bizarre that she's she's kind of... She's responsible for telling us that we need to buy things. Mm. And she has not bought a new pair of sunglasses. I mean, obviously she has, but she has not yeah. changed that style for yeah. donkey years. I love glasses and sunglasses. I, I'm like, like, surely she wants yeah. options. I know, but the, the, thing is, the thing is, those glasses don't go with any of the dresses she ever wears. No, they're so bulky yep. for her ladylike chic look. And they're too black as well. Yeah. She could do with a tortoise shell, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. <laughs> and I don't think that oval kind of shape is helping. Mm. You know. But realistically, yeah. it's to hide half of her face. So. Mm. so many better ways of doing that though. Especially <laughs> coming from like the most influential fashion editor the world has ever seen. Yeah. Mm. Okay. That was our 10. That was our 10. I'll recap Do you want to run through um, yep. your okay. Google terms? Okay, yeah. So most Googled fashion terms now. Do you want to guess one of them? Is one of them to do with tie-dye? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it like, how could I do tie-dye or something? Well, this I don't know if it falls under the how-to, why category but tie-dye is something that was googled a lot a lot a lot I think it was in like one of their top 10 okay yeah everyone 
like I think there was Bella Hadid doing some mm. tie-dye in her back garden I saw a picture um tie-dye always and forever close to my heart to be honest it doesn't we really don't need the big C to appreciate some no but it was just a uh, an activity people enjoyed with some extra time yeah yeah um next one do you have any other guesses Mm. I'm not sure you go and I'll see if something conjures up so the next one I'll go with an obvious one casual fashion trends everyone was looking for what can I wear at home? I think also there was a lot of Googling for cashmere items. I don't know if mm-hmm. that featured in the top 10, but I'm sure it's kind of a, a, a result of Googling cashmere fashion trends. Then next we have is suits. Really? Yeah, suits. You know what? This sounds like a journey for somebody, doesn't it? It sounds like somebody thought... I'm working from home. What's some casual wear I can have for my at-home life? They've probably then got to a point where they feel like they haven't really dressed themselves in a significant amount of time. Mm. And some form of the return to work is starting to happen. Mm. Maybe they've gained some weight. Who hasn't? Yeah. Um, <laughs> or maybe they, or maybe they've started pee with Joe and became slim and they've got a new suit. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. <laughs> we can, you know, we can come up with some lines of logic there, but it is also a weird one that people were googling suits. Yeah, this year. Um, I think people are um, are just looking forward to being bigger and better mm. and bolder, and getting maybe some they really wanted good that looks. statement suit. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, next one is Y two K fashion. Oh. <laughs> young kids uh, yeah YTK fashion I don't know maybe it's TikTok and the like yeah um, but I mean 90s fashion Y2K it's been percolating for a while hasn't it mm. but I think it's we've just got a lot of time to be crafting making some nostalgic things playing some nostalgic games um and just like revisiting our golden era (laughs) um then the last one i have is is quite funny actually it's cottage core do you remember norm core okay so it's like it's cottage core is basically you know how there was this rush to the the rural everyone was Mm -hmm. like trying to get out of london i think it's following on from that same sentiment so everyone was like in their argyle and their chunky knits and that became um, a kind of trend a leisure or a leisurely way of dressing um yeah comfy clothes probably barber jackets on your like walks in the park when we had nothing better to do i think it comes from that so cottage core is like this spin-off 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 of what norm core was that we had i don't know i think it was about five years ago and norm core correct me if i'm wrong in the definition but it was like really like it was a really boring bland trend 
it's really hard to describe, but you can feel free to Google it. <laughs> um, so those were the terms, not in any particular order, but some of the biggest kind of terms and things we were Googling in relation to fashion this year. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Really I what it will be next year. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even think that far ahead I don't I can't even (laughs) I can't even taunt myself of what 2021 has in store for us but but hey we just know the end of the 20s lord knows how long we'll be in this situation Mm. um but we'll have some roaring 20s at some point that's for sure we will definitely have the roaring 20s but yeah (laughs) just want to take the time and say thanks to everyone who's been listening um since we started this I mean I'll speak for myself but I'm really grateful that I managed to or that I've been able to spend how many odd hours speaking to my dear school friend catching up on a weekly basis something we haven't done in years at, oh, like we, <laughs> absolutely we're terrible at communication normally, so this has been great. <laughs> yeah, um, we would like meet up every so often, but I think this has really grounded us in a new, a new era of our friendship. Yeah, I think. For sure. um, yeah, and also, so I think I don't think we ever talk about fashion when we're together so it's been really nice not really I mean we've moaned about our jobs a lot yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah look well here's to the next six months yeah (laughs) (laughs) and um also yeah so thank you to Scarlett and thank you to all the listeners um we've we've had like a spike in interest recently so we're really really happy about that um but yeah, as always, like we're here to listen to your suggestions, your criticisms as well. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> and all the other topics that you'd like us to cover and anything else, feel free to give us an email, follow us on social and let us know. Is there anything you want to add to round off this year? Just um, happy holidays um, for whatever celebrations you might be having at the end of this year. Definitely. Um, and here's to 2021. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in, in all seriousness, I, uh, I hope 2021 is a, a better year for everyone. Yeah, for sure. And thanks for listening to us. Thanks. Well, as always, Merry Christmas, guys! <laughs> <laughs>Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.